My name is Charles Xavier. Please sit down. It's me. Prove it. You're a dick. We are the future, Charles, not them. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? Why do you ask questions to which you already know the answers? I will always be there, old friend. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective, the show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Eduardo, and I am joined once again by Peaches and Robbie to talk about the next worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, what's going on? I'm one I of those you people. so much for making me watch this. <laughs> I will maintain... Maybe, well, now for sure and possibly forever, that last episode's movie was worse. Yeah, I think I'm with you, but I think at the end of this, the only losers here are us, <laughs> us. for having watched both of them. And any of you <laughs> listeners who follow along and maybe watch things as we watch them. Right. So sorry. Yeah, I apologize. We can't give you that two ninety nine that you gave to Amazon Prime back, <laughs> but just know that it we also lost it. Oh, it was three ninety nine. It was three ninety nine. Oh, pour one out for your homeboy. Pour one out for my wallet. It's four dollars <sighs> less, and I feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you haven't guessed, today we're going to be talking all about X Men Origins Wolverine, written by Skip Woods and David Benioff. We're going to take a quick pause here. Yeah, I, I wish I wouldn't have read this ahead of time so I could have yeah. the genuine reaction right now. Yeah, so for those that don't know, David Benioff was one half of the showrunner, showrunners, the, they called them the Davids, of Game of Thrones. Wieners, 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 wieners. <laughs> uh, and if you saw the eighth season or the final season of Game of Thrones, then this movie makes a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe it because they have been a part... I know you already said this to me privately earlier, but it's just wild because he was a part of the show since the beginning, right? He he had involvement in Game of Thrones yeah. since season one. And, the showrunners, yeah. And it wasn't a bad show until the final Until he ran out of material. Season. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird to me. I mean, he didn't have this the type of nonsense that we are about to identify in this movie. No, I don't think half of it is his fault, but a lot of it is. <laughs> yeah, who really is? I, I honestly probably should have spent time figuring out how I felt about this beforehand, but who do we blame for this movie? Well, like, so we know from the last movie because of the facts that we talked about that this movie was rushed into production and yeah. was... Um, I can like, tell because of the cartoon claws. Oh my god, we'll get there. Uh, and <laughs> we know that this movie was basically being made almost at the same time as X three. And as far as like a special effects perspective, that last movie blows this one out of the water. Yeah, how is that even <laughs> possible? I have no idea. Because remember, dear listener, the last movie had Storm doing a whirlwind like cabal punch like a mortal combat thing and that makes this look uh, i i don't get it i don't get it all right well let's start in 1845 in northwestern territory british north america young james (laughs) howlett 
sees his father, John Howlett, killed by his friend, Victor Creed's father. One of the few things I think this movie did well is this did look like Hugh Jackman's father. Like, that was a convincing yeah. Hugh Jackman's... I'm going to get my compliments where I can find them in this and episode. And that other guy looked like Victor's... Looked like Le- Leif Schreiber's. Yeah, Victor like Leif Creed's, Schreiber's. Victor Creed's father, Thomas Logan. Yeah. Why he's not Tom or Victor Logan, I don't know. I don't, but yeah. whatever. In an act of vengeance, James kills the elder Logan, even though the other one's not Logan. After standing, screaming dramatically at the camera, and then he, like, floats. Yeah. Like, I think he's supposed to be running, but it looks like he's, like... Flying into his dad, who he's going to stab. With his bone claws. <laughs> bone claws, which have grown out of his hands due to the stress of the incident. God, I fucking hate the bone claws. <laughs> yes. That's like a choice that has been made in both comics as well mm-hmm. as in this movie. You know, they're... Right. You can't fault them for pulling this from the comic because it is a comic mm-hmm. thing. The thing is, is I also hate I it also in the hate comics. I also hate it in the comics, yes. Yeah. So. It makes way more sense. It's way more interesting and makes more sense for Wolverine's power to be regeneration, yep. and because of the regeneration, they put these claws in him. Yep. It makes less sense for his power to be regeneration and also weird skeleton claws. I would like, like to put a keep talking about this, but I want to put a pin in this for later. Just if I don't remember, please, please ping me. Okay. Uh, retractable things. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. He was in the pool. With his dying breath, Logan tells James that he is also his son. James runs out of the house, followed by Victor, who finds him and promises his younger brother that he'll look out for him. James and Victor run away, pursued by a torch-wielding mob. What was the point of this scene? I don't know. I don't think it ever mattered. What? Like, at what? Why? Why do we care? I guess to see that they are on the run and just doing whatever they do together for the next hundreds of years. Why couldn't we have just... like? Do we need to see that they are bonded? Like, like, can't we just be like, oh, look, they were in all of these different wars and stuff together. They must be pretty close. I guess, uh, yeah, <laughs> but there's probably every other scene in this movie you could go, why did we do that? You're fair. That's uh, fair. <laughs> so, fair. Is, wasn't that your tagline for the last one? Yes, it was pretty close to that. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. By the way, just random, let me just throw this in here. Thank you, listeners, for being patient with us. Yeah, it's been a tough month. It, it's, it's, there's just been a lot in all of our lives. Uh, and yes. we have wanted to record, as weird as this says, this sounds because of what movie we're talking about, <laughs> we did want to do this recording a lot sooner. We just, you know, life got in the way. Um, so thanks for being patient. And, you know, obviously we'll work on getting back up to speed and the bonus episodes and all that stuff. But I, I, I just realized that, you know, I just wanted to say that. Thank you. In the years that follow adult brothers, James and Victor are seen fighting together in the American civil war. Why they're Canadian world war (laughs) one, world war two, and eventually the Vietnam war. (laughs) Also, this is the weirdest opening. It's not weird because they're shown, aging slowly and fighting in all the wars it's weird because they're putting opening credits over this montage yeah. and they're pausing right at the most random right. times these pictures that aren't interesting aren't adding anything <laughs> to the opening <laughs> sequence like they're not pausing on someone's face that has to go with that credit it's just pause credit pause just credit. wherever they happen to be in the scene they pause also why is that they're immortal why is what they chose to do fight in american wars over and over again first off they're canadian second i I don't understand 
It's an echo in here. If you're immortal, aren't you going to gain more abilities? Aren't you going to, like, you're going to learn to do things. You're going to gain knowledge and, and uh, I don't know. I'm trying to find a way to put it into words. They're wasting the fact that these people are immortal. They would not just be at the level of knowledge and experience of a 20-year-old for their entire life. Yeah. It, it's, um, I would I would say that for these two specific characters, this weird thing actually kind of does make sense because they're both very aggressive people. So, like, going to war for fun kind of seems like their jam. Always on the American side. That's the most fun. <laughs> I, guess, <laughs> I guess. I mean, I guess you could argue that there's, like, a form of nihilism that comes with immortality that they sure. maybe have fed into and maybe. Like, like the wisdom hasn't gotten there yet who knows what real wisdom is if you have an immortal life i don't know yeah their regenerative powers keep them from being killed in the battlefield and they both age considerably slowly compared to non-mutants hey wait hang up we gotta back up yeah we do we gotta back up for just one moment because if he if they do this whole montage and they go through world war ii and then they go to the vietnam war how does that whole scene happen in the wolverine why isn't James I haven't there? seen the Wolverine. Yeah, I haven't either. Neither have you seen nope. the Wolverine? After I watched this one, when it came out, I said, I'm not doing this again. The Wolverine... It took someone else really liking First Class for me to give that movie a really? shot because I was Same. done with X-Men after Same. this movie. I think the Wolverine is actually kind of decent. But we'll I find out next time. in a long time. Yeah. That's what, what I've heard is... The, the general reaction I remember to that movie is... It's better than Origins. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Their regenerative powers keep them from being killed in the battlefield, and they both age considerably slowly compared to non-mutants. James is... Oh, go ahead. You got something? I was just going to ask it, because I don't know a lot about uh, a majority of X-Men characters, to be honest, because there's like 1,400 of them. Yep. Um, is that normally in Sabretooth's power set? Yes, regeneration, yes. and, And are they ever canonically brothers? Not that I know. I don't believe so. Okay, just for this movie. And I think they're they're constantly adversaries, yes. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know if they if they are ever brothers. Yeah, they are more connected than they are in X One, but less connected than they are in this movie. Yeah, it's... gotcha. James is forced to act as a check on Victor's increasing rage and ferocity. In Vietnam, Victor try- kills a superior officer after being stopped from raping a girl, and James and Victor are sentenced to death by a firing squad, though their unique regenerative abilities keep them alive. Also, he's meant to end up being somewhat sympathetic by the end of this movie. Yeah. That scene, to me, makes that impossible. Yeah. I must have blocked that out. I I just watched this and I b- must have blocked it out. Well, it it is blink and you miss it, but yeah. Oh. Ugh. Yes. No, that's pretty bad. While they are incarcerated, Major William Stryker approaches the two mutants and offers them membership in Team X, his elite group of mutants. The team consists of mutants Fred Dukes, who possesses super strength and vulnerability, John Wraith, who can teleport, Chris Bradley, a.k.a. Bolt, who can control electricity and possess telekinetic abilities, expert marksman Agent Zero, and mercenary Wade Wilson, an amazing swordsman who never stops talking. So, I'm going to talk about this repeatedly through this episode, so I'm going to lay the seed here and bring it up at the other points that make sense. One of the things that's insane about this movie is how it can't decide what people's power sets are. And that starts here, both from two fronts. One... 
people just seem to end up having random power sets. It seems that just everyone just gets super speed and strength by default plus something else. But then Except also for the electricity guy. Yes, but you then can just make a light bulb turn. But on. then also no real ability to like be any sort of consistency with their comic book counterpart like that's not what wade wilson's power is his power isn't really good with swords and they like, they <laughs> i think wade wilson can be put in a separate bucket because yes. what they did to him was so much more egregious yep. to the point where like there an entire movie ended up being created because of how much people disliked the way the character was portrayed here yeah Yes, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask if that was a power of Deadpool's I just didn't know about, no. like that he could just like helicopter swords into, uh, he can just have an infinite like uh, sword shield that blocks everything because he's that good at spinning no, I mean, swords. Unless I'm wrong, I've never read anything where his power isn't just regeneration. Also, he's just another Wolverine. You have to imagine Ryan Reynolds acting in this scene, walking into the room, probably not holding real swords. <laughs> Just like running around, like, <laughs> like with his hands, like just whooshing around the room like that. Uh, it probably looked really funny before they did whatever they did to I mean, it doctor. It's pretty funny. It does, but I'm just thinking about him without the swords, just like whooshing around the room. Uh, what was the other thing? Is this the same zero that is zero in Marvel Snap? Is it his? He's not an expert marksman, is he? Uh, I don't believe so. I don't either. But he, now I can't even he's think of what basically just Bullseye with a different name. Yeah. Yes, I kept thinking they wanted Bullseye and they couldn't have him. Hmm. The brothers join the group and are sent to the team's first mission. Invade the headquarters of a diamond trafficking operation in Lagos, Nigeria to retrieve a meteorite. When Stryker asks the diamond smuggler about the source of the meteorite, the smuggler tells him it came from a remote village further into Nigeria. The team goes there, and Stryker and the team brutally interrogate the local people to learn where the meteorite was found. James is disgusted by the murders committed by his teammates and abandons the group over victors, persuasions, and protests. You like how Fred Dukes punches a tank in the tank hole and it blows up? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> this is all so stupid. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking about these fight scenes. Because we get, like, the first thing that happens, this is, like, where everyone's showcasing their powers, right? They're introducing these mutants to us by having them do some, like, wildly comic-y thing. So Zero goes first, and he's like, all right, you're up. And then he does, like, a backflip, or, like, a front flip over the gate, and uh, the clip comes out of the gun and then back into the gun. Then he goes, bah, 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 bah. and then everybody there falls over. Okay, cool. So I guess he's, I guess he's good at shooting. And then Fred Dukes punched the punches, the tank and the tank blows up. And then they're like, all right, Deadpool, it's you or all right, wait, it's you. And he goes in and he helicopter swords everywhere. And then will I am's like, Hey, I can teleport. Uh, like it, it feels like David Benioff, has never read a comic in his life <laughs> because already in the first like 10 minutes of this movie, he's getting characters wrong. He's like, it is a comic book movie, but it feels comically comic. You know what I mean? Like, it is a comic book movie made by someone who doesn't like comics. Yeah, and I don't know why he did that other than, hey, Wolverine is a cash cow. Like, we better we better get this money. For sure. 
uh, because it just it just feels like everybody involved with this has never read a comic book or maybe even seen a comic book movie. I don't know. By the way, Zero's mutant power is absorbing kinetic energy. He is anti-gambit. Anti-gambit. Okay, yeah. Six years afterward, James, now going by his last name, Logan, is a lumberjack living with his girlfriend, Kayla Silverfox. And he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. Someone will get that. Meanwhile, Victor hunts <laughs> down and murders Bradley, who works at a circus. Victor mentions that Wade is already dead. Stryker locates Logan and claims that someone is killing members of the now disbanded team. Stryker asks Logan for help, but is refused. Shortly after, Silver Fox is murdered by Victor. Wolverine hunts down his half-brother, but is easily defeated. Stryker once again asks Logan for help, and Logan agrees. Stryker has Logan's skeletal system reinforced with adamantium, a virtually indestructible metal retrieved from the meteorite source found by Team X in Nigeria. Bro, you just... Stryker. Stryker, you, Stryker. You just said, like, 45 minutes of movie. Yeah. Yes. Holy shit. The action sequences in this are so bad and so easy to skip over. Like, I mean, you already kind of touched on it, but they're just... There's like a weird scene. And then also the love, the the romance. The romance is awful. Is there's no chemistry there. The, there's a weird scene where they're like two guys being complete assholes with their trucks stopped in the middle of the road. Yeah. And the Wolverine gets out and is pretty rational. He's like, hey, can you guys like move so we can pass? And they're like, why don't you get back in your car and let us finish our conversation? And he's like. Oh, what the fuck? Like, why can't you just move your car, man? Like, they what do you did mean? all that just to foreshadow her that power. girl's yes. powers. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the part where he, you know, he's working and she gets killed. Speaking of random powers in this movie, why does he have someone's in trouble sense? Like, he's just working and then goes, what's her name? Her name is Lillian? Yeah. Lilith? Whatever her name is. Kayla. Cool. Um, <laughs> he's just working and he goes, Kayla. And then goes running. When was that Wolverine's power? Why does he have he wolfy sense? He can smell really far. Let me tell you, these, that's not the only addition Wolverine gets in this movie. So uh, uh, Logan asks for his new dog tags to say Wolverine, a reference to a story that Kayla oh told him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, as you said that, I remember... I remember the scene where he's like, I want my dog tags to say Wolverine. And then the weirdest fucking animation of a, a dog tag punch happens. But he doesn't have his powers yet. So they must have been like, all right, you just hang out here. <laughs> hang out. We're going to go do We're going to go make tags. these and then we'll put them on you and then we'll proceed. Like, <laughs> like that's it canonically happened. <laughs> this was... This was born of the need to make an origin story and then knowing these are the things we need to line up to get this origin story ready, but then not actually coming up with a logical reason for any of the things. It was just, oh. Oh, my God, the stamp of the dog tag. I, I keep hearing the sound in my head. After the procedure, Stryker orders Wolverine's memory to be erased, but Wolverine somehow in the water has supersonic hearing now and overhears this and flees. I can hear really far. Also, some more bad writing. So they make it, we're going to erase his memory, and then they don't. And then also later in the movie, this is not how they erase his memory. So they didn't even have to have that line in there. Like, it, it, it serves no purpose because that's not how they erase his memory. We all know he loses his memory, and then they show us how he loses his memory. But this way that they put in the script to lose his memory, they just 
skip that and never go back to it. It just isn't serving any purpose. And I don't know if it's supposed to be a bait yeah. and switch to just handled clumsily or if it's just that's how they were going to have him yeah, lose his memory. Why? But they're making the movie up as they go along. Why did they need to, him to and lose how, his memory? Right. There? And how were they going to erase his memory? What technology for erasing memory? Is this, did they have the eternal sunshine from the spotless mind tech here? I don't. Even when he finally gets the bullet, how does the like right. rationale like check out? He's like, his body will heal. But his memories won't. Yes. <laughs> How the fuck do you know that? Well, he's a werewolf. He can only be killed by adamantium bullets. Yeah, that's you true. know, that's true. You said werewolf, and my mind started thinking about werewolf by night. God, I fucking loved werewolf by it night. It was better. It was than really this. good. It yeah. was better than this. Want to have a second werewolf by night episode starting now? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Dude. Werewolf by night origins. <laughs> Stryker, I would watch that. Stryker orders Agent Zero <laughs> to hunt him down and take his head off. I love the idea that they're like, hey, we're going to pump you full of this indestructible metal. Also, hey, guy with regular bullets, go go take that guy out. Yeah, didn't they show that some of the adamantium went into basically every bone in Wolverine's body? Yep. Like it, all of his bones are infused with it? So is suddenly his spine, but just in the neck region, not made of adamantium where you can easily decapitate yeah, him? Oh, they didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> so that means that if there's no adamantium in this small little neck region, but there is in his skull and there is below his skull, that in reality, he'd probably be walking around with his head like this. Well, and uh, you mentioned something <laughs> about how... Or no, it was you who talked about how I read... A paragraph, and I'd glance over forty-five minutes. Mm -hmm. That's because this movie moves a mile a minute. (laughs) You are in a different area with different characters, (laughs) a different location. Every ten minutes, it feels like it is just constantly a new thing. Like, oh, go ahead. Ma and Pa Kent are supposed to be really important here, but they're also in the movie for like a minute. Yes. An elderly couple, Travis and Heather Hudson, see Wolverine, who escaped in the buff, enter their barn. They're wary but welcoming, giving him food and clothing, including a leather jacket of their son's and their son's motorcycle. I'm going to run at him. Uh, The next morning, both are shot dead by Zero. (laughs) 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 This is the scene. Before that was the scene where, and here's another thing I don't understand. We had three X-Men movies so far, and all of them had Wolverine in them, and none of them, his claws, looked unrealistic which is a strange thing to say out loud but then they decide at least for this scene we're going to make his clothes super cgi in the bathroom right they genuinely look like a cartoon they yeah. absolutely look like her from like a like a ps1 game or like one of those brazilian pixar knockoffs like let the intern code that one no one will notice. Well, They're like ratatouille. There are a lot of really bad. There's a lot of really bad effects in this movie. I think the driving is awful. Like when him and the, his uh, girlfriend are in the car, it is so clear that they are in front of a green screen. I didn't notice and that. The, the, like the woods and stuff, it looks so awful. I said this to my <laughs> wife. I, I, it reminded me of a '90s sitcom when they're yes. driving, like Seinfeld, when they're driving through New York, and it's just. A screen showing New York streets yes. behind the, the little car and set. He's, he's <laughs> just doing this. <laughs> this way, uh, right, just... right. Steering. It's like, um, <laughs> like the next time, listener, you ride the Jungle Cruise. Watch the fact that the way they are steering the wheel, and this is comical. It works on the Jungle Cruise. 
that boat would be going all over the place yeah, running and people, would, like people are not thinking you'd be thinking. doing donuts all the, <laughs> yeah, hey, the that's how Wolverine people spin that wheel that's how Wolverine yeah. drives his car <laughs> bro I used to like I used to try to spin that as fast as I could yeah. in whatever direction the boat was going I would try to like oh we're slightly turning to the right just whip that thing hell yeah <laughs> like, that's oh, where I was taught to do it yeah we're yeah, you're welcome we're changing directions like ah oh, whip that thing again uh, an elderly couple that I've already read this. The next morning, both are shot, blah, blah, blah. Wolverine takes out <laughs> several HMMWVs, hmm. a helicopter, and Zero himself, telling Stryker over Zero's radio that he'll hunt him down. That you have man. once again, understandably, glossed over a hilarious action sequence. Oh, I hope you're and, about to say what I'm about to say. Well, you go first, because I got some stuff to say. About how he launches himself yes! into the okay. air to cut the helicopter blades off of a helicopter. So I could not stop laughing at that. Like, actually <laughs> hurt myself laughing. And here's the funny thing, listeners. This was the first time I had seen this movie since before it was released. I say that because I watched a leaked test screening of this when I was in college. And when I watched you that, hear that, get them, get them, boys. When I watched that, my thinking was, okay, these effects will not be this funny when the movie comes out. Um, they're not much better. Like I will tell you, the test screening was mostly like Wolverine is here now. Wolverine is there. There was a lot of teleportation, um, some uh, really bad CGI that wasn't filled in. I saw the test screening for Shang Chi as I, we talked about on this, and that was the same thing. the The effects weren't filled in, but I watched Shang Chi thinking, okay. These will be better when the movie comes out. And I was correct. I have had the same feeling on this. And now watching it, I was not correct. They're still pretty much just as bad. Some of them might actually be worse because you can at least use your imagination when you're watching the test screening. This is like, oh, no, that's what they did. Okay, that's it, great. It This part really reminds me of, um, I'm going to talk about something really niche here. So there is an attraction at Universal Studios Orlando based off of the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> and in this attraction, you're in like a party bus, and then suddenly there's a fight. I, could, I couldn't tell you the plot of this attraction. I no idea. But at some point, there's, you're like in a tunnel, and there's like screens all around you, and there's a bunch of shit happening. The plot of that attraction is that Ludacris wants you to turn your phone off. And roll out. And roll out, yeah. Oh my God, when Ludacris said roll out, <laughs> I was there, man. Couldn't tell you the plot of this attraction. It's incredible. Um, but at one point, Vin Diesel is in a car, and there is a helicopter above you, like, trying to take you out, I guess. And he drives his car up a ramp, and the car goes into the air, and Vin Diesel jumps out of the car and then grabs on to one of the bottom railings of the helicopter. And he looks back at you, and he says... I got this. And then they fly away. <laughs> you go, wait, what the fuck? What do you mean? You, you got, got it where? Where are you taking what are you, it? What do you mean? <laughs> then you mentioned he kills Zero. How he kills Zero oh, is yeah. he walks away from the helicopter, looks down at a trail of gasoline leading to the helicopter, uses his uh, cartoon claw to create a spark, which sets it on fire, which blows up the helicopter as he walks slowly away from it. Yeah, that, that was that, very much a cool guy's walk away from explosions well, and moment. That's, that's definitely a trope, but it's being played unironically here. That was already a trope we made fun of by the time this movie came out. Like, that's not like, oh, yeah, that stopped being cool after this. No, that was already hilarious when this... And, and that's what the action feels like in this movie. It feels like someone unironically likes bad action movies but they're not making it to be so bad it's good they're not doing like kung pao and making fun of it this is um 
this is genuinely saying, yeah, we're going to do all the action movie stuff. People are going to like it. Like, as though it was not already something that was stupid at the time this movie came out. And it's, I mean, it's funny, but it's bad. It's so bad. Mm -hmm. It's And this is probably the worst version of the walk away from the explosion I've ever seen because it's just so in your face with the trope that it's like, do you not realize that this has been done to death already before your stupid movie? I am reasonably sure because I think I saw the, the year when I rented this that this movie came out in 2009, mm-hmm. which... Yeah, which which means Iron Man and Iron Man Two, yep. and well, I think Iron Man Two or was that 2010? Mm-hmm. Anyway, a couple of good superhero movies had already Incredible happened. Hulk? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't say that. Uh, Boo! <laughs> Incredible Hulk is and it's weird three, to, four times the movie it, this is. It's weird to think that those special effects a few years earlier are just so much better. But yeah. it's also weird to think that even the other X-Men movies have better special yep. effects yeah. than this one. Well, and that's... Talking about the time this came out, that's also getting to... One of the things that's bad about this movie is it is like the worst example of what we've discussed to death on this podcast of being ashamed of your source material. Like, that's... You know, we talked about all the characters' powers being completely inaccurate because what they thought... These, these people made this movie and thought, we're going to take your character's name but we know we can do a better job. You know, your your stupid comic book characters are stupid and comic booky. So we're going to make Zero a marksman who can jump into helicopters and that'll be way cooler and way more believable. And like uh, uh, we'll get there, but the ultimate example of that is what they did with Deadpool. The ultimate example is, "Nah, nah your Deadpool character's stupid. We got a better idea." And no you fucking don't. <laughs> like, Imagine thinking that people wouldn't like Deadpool the way he exactly right. is. And and you mentioned this is 2009. This was already well into teenagers all wearing Deadpool shirts. Like this was the height of yeah. Deadpool popularity. And so this was not we're going to mine this obscure character and give him some powers that we think are more interesting. Like they took what was at that point a popular beloved character and <laughs> no one shat heard, all over it. No one's <laughs> heard of him, right? Right. Well, and it's not even like a Take Zero, right? Zero is a character with established power mm-hmm. set, but it's not like it's not like a, a it's not like a character that has very like unique characteristics mm-hmm. or properties. It's a pretty generic mm-hmm. type character, so you can make some changes there. Right. Deadpool is literally a fourth wall breaking. Has yes. like the craziest story, craziest power set, very easily recognizable. Right. And then you're like, nah, what we're going to do is not that. None of it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We're going to take the word pool really literally (laughs) and the word dead because we tried to kill 10 people to make him happen. Mm -hmm. Stryker warns Wolverine that if he chooses to go after the answers he seeks, he won't like what he finds. Wolverine locates former associates John Wraith and Fred Dukes, who is now massively obese from a guilt-driven eating disorder, uh, seeking to learn the location of Stryker's new laboratory. Again. Again. They decided we're going to have the blob. We're not going to have his power be that he's giant and strong and can't be moved. No, we're going to have his power super strength, but he becomes the blob by eating too much. Like, I... It's so bad. It's so stupid. It's, you know what? I don't even think that's as bad as the um, the comedy writing trope that they do in this scene. I don't think I've ever found it funny when people have the like, uh, they. I don't even think it's a Freudian slip because it's not a word 
when when Wolverine's like, um, God, what does he say instead of he says fat instead of some other word? Yes. yes. How often has anybody laughed at that or even done it in real life? Have you ever looked at a person and you were you were saying such a negative thing about them in your head that it slipped out to their face? Like I I I don't right. think that that's realistic or funny to do that. Even in 2009, like looking at the blob and going, uh, "Ooh, fat." I mean, uh, you know right. what I mean? Like, yeah. I, what was up with that? Bad right. decision. Wait, he it's calls inc- him fat instead of Fred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How do you mix that up? You already know this man. You know well, his name is Fred. And then he gets his name because he mishears Bub. Yeah, that's silly. <laughs> that's somehow less stupid. Yes, but it's a, it is still stupid. What did you just call me? This is the kind of comedy comedians are talking about when they're like, "You don't let us be comedians." Be <laughs> We're just getting canceled. You, you couldn't make X Men Origins Wolverine today. <laughs> People would boycott it. <laughs> After beating Dukes in a boxing match, Wolverine learns the disbanded team has been capturing young mutants for Striker. One of them, Remy LeBeau also known as Gambit, escaped the island laboratory and knows its location. Duke tells Logan that his brother Victor is already working for Stryker, capturing and killing mutants for him. One last blob thought, because I forgot to say this earlier. We all agree it's just Fat Bastard. They just did Fat Bastard, right? Okay. Meanwhile, Stryker captures a teenage Scott Summers with Victor's aid. Why? Who knows? (laughs) They're like, hey, what if we had uh, Cyclops in this movie? Okay, I guess. We had to give one scene of Deadpool with laser eyes. Yeah. With punch dimension. I'm sorry, punch dimension eyes. Thank you for correcting yeah, yourself. Yeah, I didn't want to look laser. like a fool. It's a punch you know? out of your eyes from a dimension. <laughs> also, w- no one should be around Wolverine in this movie. If you are around him, you're going to die. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wolverine and Wraith locate Gambit in a New Orleans bar. Wolverine talks to Gambit while Wraith keeps watch outside, but Gambit suspects Wolverine has sent to recapture him and, using his ability to charge objects with kinetic energy, throws several playing cards at Wolverine and send him flying through a wall. You're partially correct on his ability. You have described Gambit's actual abilities, Mm -hmm. kinetic charge. Gambit has some new abilities in this movie. He has make the cards hover and float through the air and then directs them like some sort of RPG character. He has crawling on walls. Okay. See, <laughs> no, no, is, no, no, This is the thing that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> He's not is that, crawling. Is that at the very... Be- I can forgive the like weird card like floaty thing mm-hmm. because I was like, you know what? They took some liberties and at the very first sight of Gambit, I was like, oh, maybe this is better than I remembered. And then immediately you're punched <laughs> in the face with, no, it's not. <laughs> because he starts doing all kinds of crazy nonsense. Calling up walls. Br- when he gets his staff broken in half, he uses it to climb. Like so, he has super strength too, because all mutants have super strength. In this movie. I, it just they just add powers. Just like it's like they just as they were writing it, just like yeah, he has all these people have just the general superpowers. All of them, they all just have general. They're all Spider-Man plus a mutant power. It is really upsetting. Because this is the only time we have seen Gambit yes. on the big screen. I forgot Gambit, he was in this. As I have said, is my favorite X Men. I think he's so cool. 
I don't know, the fingerless gloves, the staff, <laughs> whatever. As a like a ten year old, I thought that shit was like dope. Like I thought it was yeah. so cool, you know? Like I just thought he had he had so much swag. He was very like smooth talking. Like, you know, he was just cool, man. Well you I, talked earlier about things that don't make sense, and in this fight scene there's a lot of nonsense too. Like uh, yeah. like when he joins in on the fight between Wolverine and Sabretooth, he he got knocked over on the ground and then suddenly he's on the roof yep. coming down to do like the the big old staff explosion jutsu. Uh, <laughs> and then like, and then later like Wolverine is, he, he's like up on a fire escape ladder and Wolverine wants him to come down. Like he's a cat in a tree <laughs> and he's like clawing through the ladder and the ladder just is infinite. It's just an infinite ladder. It just keeps having more ladder and they keep going back and forth between him slashing this ladder to pieces and then Gambit like, safely at the top of the fire the fire escape and then back to slashing the infinite ladder and then at the end it just kind of like timber <laughs> like, like falls over one of the big things i don't understand is so gambit thinks that wolverine <laughs> is part of striker's team right <laughs> yeah. and then wolverine and sabretooth start fighting and then wolverine has his claws inside sabretooth sabretooth is about to die and Gambit breaks it up. I thought you thought they were together. If your goal is for Sabretooth to die, why did you break them up? And then later on, he's like, oh, you're for real. You really... What do you mean? He was he was in the middle of killing him. What do you mean? Right. It, the motivation is is almost like randomly generated. Yeah. It, it's like they roll the die. All right, what's, it, what's he going to be motivated in this scene? All right, we got it. I guarantee right, you this movie is... It was created on the editing room floor. Yes, like there are. It is. It is chopped, screwed, and pasted together to make. Well, also, yeah, it felt nothing like the screen. Like, it's hard for me to remember, but I feel like I watched a different movie from the test screening I saw. Like, there's plot points I don't remember, characters I don't remember. Like, so I think you're absolutely correct. Well, also, remember before all this happens, Will I Am's character is like, you know what? I'm going to go off on my own for a second. And then he finds Sabretooth and he's like, I am going to be the one that kills you. It's me, Will I Am. <laughs> and I'm. let's get it started, right? Like, we're about to fight. I'm about to elephunk you in the face with my teleport fists. Like, let's go. And he gets absolutely destroyed. Tonight's not going to be a good night. Was the, was this the height of the Black Eyed Peas? Is that why we yes. got uh, Will I Am to yes. play John? It Wraith? Absolutely was. Yeah, that's why when he grabs him by the uh, uh, by the like spinal cord, he goes, "Where is the love?" <laughs> <laughs> Pulls it out. <laughs> I, I guess it just must have been like the Black Eyed Peas hot time of the time of the year i do remember it was a big thing in the press because this was back when i worked on cinema blend and we would get press releases about will i am is in this movie so the 2009 (laughs) has he ever acted again because he shouldn't 2009 that uh, bad okay maybe the rest of the movie just made him seem okay did you listen to any of his lines (laughs) ever I don't know. Uh, uh, the Orlando Magic went to the NBA Finals in 2009, and the song of the finals was Let's Get It Started. Mm-hmm. And I remember that song very vividly because of that. And that tells me that that was the height of the I will give you yes. a side note that I remember from that moment in time. You're going to love this. This is this is super timely. Because what I remember when that was the, the, the uh, song of the NBA Finals, I remember watching Pardon the Interruption, which for those who do not watch, I don't anymore. Pardon the Interruption is two old sports writers sitting and arguing about sports things. Um, They were already old back then. They're still doing it, but they were already old. And what they devoted an entire segment to talking about how 
the NBA Finals was using a song that is about smoking marijuana. And how can they get away with that? Let's get it started. It's, it's, uh... Those weren't the original lyrics. Hey, those let's, the original let's back up even those more. Those the original lyrics. Because you know what? I know. That's what I'm about. <laughs> okay. when, when, I, when I was a young warthog, <laughs> I had that album. I had that album before that became a radio like hit song. So I knew the original song before I knew Let's Get It Started. So when I heard Let's Get It Started on the radio, I was very confused. Also, what's funny... I'm hesitant to use the actual original lyric, but Correct. they did not hesitate on ESPN. They just busted it out like it was nothing. And I don't because think they would that do was that a, anymore. They wouldn't. It was a thing that culturally at the time, there weren't enough people saying like, hey, maybe you should use any other word. Yeah. Right. Maybe you should pick a different word because that's insensitive. That wasn't a thing. I still know people to this day that were around the time that it was a popular way to say stupid they said it so like liberally that it's just mm-hmm. ingrained in their vocabulary now and they like sorry slipped up you're not sorry you know what they needed that hillary duff commercial do you guys remember that hillary duff commercial about the word gay <laughs> no so there are these two girls uh, at a store and hillary duff is like to the side and the two girls are like looking at these shirts on a rack and one of the girls is like don't buy that shirt it looks gay like Meaning, like, it looks stupid. Yeah. And Hillary Duff walks up, is like, you know, you shouldn't use that word like that. What if I said this shirt was so Ashley? How would you feel about that? I don't remember. It was rem- a real cultural moment. I really. Don't it was that. really, you know, it really, uh, real social can justice I put this moment. In, can I put this in the post credits? You can if you want to. <laughs> because I want to look this up, I feel like. <laughs> but I also feel weird about putting that in uh, our 2023 podcast <laughs> recording. I don't know. I'll think on it. I'll marinate on it. Uh, Wolverine fights Victor, only to be interrupted by Gambit for some reason. Victor escapes, and after a brief struggle, Gambit agrees to take Wolverine to the Striker's secret mutant prison laboratory. The facility turns out to be Three Mile Island. Once there, Wolverine confronts Striker and learns Silver Fox is still alive. Victor faked her death with hydrochlorothiazide. (laughs) She was keeping track <laughs> of the mutant to free her sister, Emma Frost. Which means Wolverine just left her damn body. Well, now, like, time he out. Just, like, IMDb says that's Emma Frost. It, it's definitely Emma Frost. It's I Emma know Frost. it is, but it's that's not how she's credited in the movie. Oh. She's not credited how as she Emma credit, Frost. Is she credited as her Kayla's sister. Oh. I'll I'll look her up. Yeah, but, but I thought too, the girl I like, oh, who can I forgot and Emma the girl Frost. who can make her skin into right. diamonds yes. is Emma Frost. And I know pair, that they very specifically pair her up with Cyclops. Yeah. So, but but backtracking, so he finds her dead, and then just leaves her, like just doesn't doesn't take her body. And I know this is really low on the list of problems with this movie, but he doesn't. It, it, and then, then she just gets up and walks away. Does she just disappear? He never goes and finds out. Like, he doesn't make sure she's buried. He doesn't make sure she's taken to the morgue or reported. Or No, he loved her so much that he left her body in the woods. He wasn't in danger in that moment. Like, I, I know I'm not supposed to think about this, but that's a kind of an obvious thing to think about. And it does the flashback, and it looks like Sabretooth pours a bottle of ketchup all over yes. her. <laughs> he didn't check to see if there was like I feel like a they... single cut anywhere. Right. Okay, now that I'm looking at this, it does say Emma Frost on IMDb, but I feel like 
I was looking through the credits when I watched this, and I did not see Emma Frost. I mean, it may not say Emma Frost in the credits. I mean, it's for sure Emma Frost. Yes. That's who they were saying it was. But yeah. Maybe it's not credited that way. And oh, on IMDb, it is crem- credited, credited Kayla's sister slash Emma as Tanya Tazi. So she must have got married because it's Tanya McManus. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I think it says Kayla's sister on IMDb because that is what it says in the movie credits. Mm. But they must have post decided to name her as Emma Frost. Yeah, I mean, because that's who she is. No, I know, I know. But it was weird. Now having no quarrel with Stryker, Wolverine departs. Victor, angered that Stryker let Wolverine go, demands the adamantium procedure. Stryker, however, tells him that he won't survive the procedure and in an act of rage... Victor tries to kill Silver Fox, her power of persuasion failing to influence Victor despite her physical contact with him. Yeah, so this is where Wolverine's there. He walks away because he's like, I'm done with this. And he's in like a red button-down shirt. And then when Wolverine hears Silver Fox screams and attacks Victor, he shows back up, but this time he's in a tank top. Oh, yeah, you're right. He got so worked up that he ripped his shirt off. My brain registered the, 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 the wife beater. And I didn't even like think about. Oh, wait, what happened here? Yeah, like, what did he just get really mad and yeah. rip it off? Like what happened? Also, he covered a lot of ground real fast. Yes, <laughs> he uh, can run really fast. And and again, think about what Sabretooth is doing here and what he will be doing in a few scenes. The character consistency is, oh man, it is maybe the weakest point of this movie, and that's saying a lot. Finally, having the chance to kill Victor, Wolverine chooses not to give in to his animal instincts and instead knocks him out silver fox shows wolverine to the holding cells and he frees the mutants there among them are emma frost and scott summers so cyclops just forgot all this like basically just, <laughs> cyclops just moved on and forgot oh yeah you know one time i was uh in a secret holding facility with a guy named uh named william striker and they were using our powers to do things and i didn't see him but some guy with claws broke us out guys anyway he had his eyes covered <laughs> because laser beams were going to come out of them. No. Nope. No. Punch dimension no. beams punch were going to come out of them. <laughs> also, though, it really looked like the thing covering his eyes was just like a cloth. <laughs> it, was a sli- it was just a sleeping mask. Yeah, it was a sleeping mask. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Was it like also made of adamantium or punch- anti-punch dimension fabric? polyester <laughs> silver fox shows wolverine to the holding cells and he frees the mutants there among them are Emma frost and scott summers panicking striker prematurely activates his newest creation weapon 11 baraka <laughs> a bald pale skinned and deformed wade wilson lacking a mouth and with patterns on his skin marking his adamantium bone structure it is <laughs> criminal Mm-hmm. what they have done to Wade Wilson here. But the most criminal thing is that they took the superhero whose tagline is the Merc with a mouth, and then they took away <laughs> the Merc his with mouth. A, yep. The Merc with a redacted. This is the one, probably the single worst example I have ever seen of deciding you want to make your original character but wanting to use an established name for your original character. Like this is this is just straight up saying, yeah, yeah, Deadpool's real popular. I'm going to name my completely original thing Deadpool. And it's 
awful, especially because Ryan Reynolds, and we now know this is correct, at the time he was announced as Deadpool, like that was actually, oh yeah, that's smart casting. That makes sense. I can see Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. And for part of this movie, you can kind of see Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. And then they do this. Then they do what I think is probably this, the most sacrilegious thing I've ever seen in a Marvel movie with a character. Um, I... And that was why I wanted to see this movie. The fact that Deadpool was going to be in it was why, oh, okay, Deadpool's going to be in a Marvel movie. And then I found out how, what they were doing with Deadpool. I mean, ah, I'll just watch this illegal screening and move on with my life. I, it, It's awful. Awful. I'm going to have a weird, this is not unlike me, but I'm going to have a weird niche complaint. I think that the the weirdest thing that they did with this version of Deadpool was surprisingly not the stuff you guys just said. And I know that, again, I get that that's weird. It's also weird because what I'm about to say is ironic for me. My favorite Pokemon is Scyther. Scyther is a large praying mantis and has swords for arms. But that kind of makes sense because praying mantises have like sharp little talons at the end of their arms. So it kind of fits. And also a Scyther doesn't need a lot of range of movement because it's got weird insect arms, okay? Why... I, I'm, I promise I'm putting all of this together for a reason. Here's part two of this before I add them together. Wolverine, the origin of the claws in this movie was that one of his mutant powers is that he has retractable bones that come out. I see out where you're going, a, and I hadn't yes, even thought of this. They come out in a prong formation on both reasons. of his on both of his hands. So they like they go. Let's replace that with blades. Okay. Is does does Deadpool in this movie have retractable single bone like a Blastoise hand cannon coming yeah, he, out of yeah, his he hands? Just didn't use them. And they decide to replace those with swords. And also the functionality of sword arms like that really takes away his ability to whirlwind them all over the place because he can't turn you, the blades. I promise you they were thinking of Baraka. I promise you it is too much of a coincidence. They were thinking of Baraka and thought Baraka's cool. I want Baraka I just want to know what Marvel they, movie. I want to know what they put inside of, of Deadpool's arms to make the blades retract since I don't think they could give him Wolverine's weird bone <laughs> retraction power. Wolverine's <laughs> bone claws were broken off on one of his hands anyway and they did it. Like that's not he didn't need the broken bone claws or, broken movie. or not they still come in and out bone and claws that's one of his things. Ready. I, I I just think that is a weird thing to have done. Yes. Why not just let it him is use the swords? Only weird thing that was done. No no no. I know. I'm, I'm saying. Getting, I know. Why <laughs> not give him all of these powers like they're doing and just let him use swords? Why do they have to be attached inside of him like that? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> just like the rest of this movie. Also, is the implication, or did I miss them straight up? explaining is implication that wade hung stuck with striker and then volunteered or was forced like no he's under mind control the the implication is that striker's telling him what to do and he's doing it when did that happen like when did he put wade wilson under mind control there's an actual line about it and then he like okay he like types into a computer (laughs) the word the word engage engage and then he fights instead of proposes he doesn't propose he's hunting pecking (laughs) i wish when he typed engage in ryan reynolds would have got down on one knee and with a closed (laughs) mouth went (laughs) 
Wolverine tells them to find a new exit as two long blades extend from Weapon Eleven's arms. The blades are very similar to Wolverine's claws, but more like katana swords. Wilson's weapon of choice. Katana swords? Is that like saying non-bread? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, guess assistance card card wolverine <laughs> realizes that this monstrosity is actually wade wilson looks like striker finally found a way to shut you I up really he quips weapon 11 also called deadpool is a mutant frankenstein monster with the ability of several of the killed and captured mutants summer's optic blasts rates teleportation and wolverine's healing ability during the escape silver fox is mortally wounded the other mutants escape through the, tun- the facility's tunnels, guided by Scott, who is unable to tell them how he knows the way out. Emerging from the tunnel, the party encounters a helicopter. Riding in the helicopter is a familiar figure, Professor Charles Xavier, in what is... You know, it's crazy, because we just had the last movie where I thought that Several was... Several years before this. Where I thought that was the scariest de-aging of Professor Xavier that I was ever going to see. And then this movie comes along. That's the next thing in my notes. The worst de-aging yet. Also, though, this is the only time that Professor Xavier has ever been helpful. So there's a positive thing. So far in four movies, he's been helpful exactly once. If it was real Professor X, he would have told them to go in circles. Yeah, that was actually actually Mystique. (laughs) That's canon now. Uh, <laughs> Professor X who has guided them to safety and offers them a home at his school. Meanwhile, the fight between Wolverine and Weapon 11 moves to the top of one of the nuclear power plant's cooling towers for some reason. Weapon 11 overpowers and prepares to decapitate Wolverine. <laughs> but he Vic- claws his way up the nuclear reactor and then Deadpool is just like, and he's there. <laughs> but Wolverine returns to aid his brother. Wolverine and Victor, now working together, are able to decapitate Weapon 11, sending his head, still firing optic blast somehow, down into the cooling tower. Oh, that was so, so bad. this whole movie, Sabretooth is awful. Well, in the start, he's not that awful. Then he becomes awful. Um, we talked about the Vietnam scene. Then he's walking around killing people. Threatens to kill Wolverine's maybe, maybe not girlfriend. Um, and then all of a sudden appears and saves him. Like, we... we you don't get to have that from your character. That doesn't get to... Then, for the record, this is supposed to actually be connected to X1, where the next time we see him, mindless killer with no real connection to Wolverine. His brother, with amnesia, doesn't feel like saying anything. I... <clears throat> it's bad. No, he 100% is pulling the, you can't kill my brother, only I can kill my brother okay. card. You, That's what he's doing. But they are playing that seriously. Yes. And that's bad. <laughs> yes. And then, so if you can't kill my brother, I can kill my brother. Why do they just walk away at the end? Why? Do we... We've fought enough today. <laughs> Catch uh, you next time. Enough blood has been spilled. The damage from the optic blast causes the cooling tower to collapse, but Wolverine is rescued by Gambit. Wolverine asks Gambit to ensure the prisoners are safe while he returns to find Silver Fox, who stayed behind because she was wounded. As he carries her to safety, Striker shoots him in the back with an adamantium bullet. Wolverine charges Stryker to kill him, but he is shot in the head, knocking him unconscious. I'm going to run at Stryker. <laughs> Stryker approaches Silver Fox and prepares to shoot her as well, but she uses her powers of persuasion to order Stryker to first throw away the pistol and then walk away until his feet bleed. Does she and then walk some more. understand that this one is called Three Mile Island 
and his feet will not bleed <laughs> before he hits water. <laughs> and so the man is just going to walk into the ocean. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Good. That's, I mean, there's bridges to three That's twice island. he would have died by drowning. Yes. Maybe that's foreshadowing. Maybe. Maybe they got one thing weirdly accidentally correct. <laughs> she then dies from her injuries. Gambit returns to assure Wolverine that the mutants are safe, but due to amnesia caused by the brain damage from the adamantium bullets inflicted, uh, Wolverine does not remember anything. This was Stryker's intention, knowing that even the adamantium bullets cannot kill Logan, but somehow will cause amnesia. <laughs> he just knew. He just knew that that Don't was you know happen. when uh, two, uh, two adamantium things come in contact with each other at high velocity, it... Um, when an adamantium bullet <laughs> loves an adamantium skull very much. Gambit tries to get Wolverine to come with him, but he declines. Gambit wishes Wolverine good luck before departing, and Wolverine flees the scene as the ambulances and police arrive. The film has several additional scenes during and after the credits. The first of these scenes plays a few seconds into the credits and depicts William Stryker walking down a road. The most worthless mid credit scene that has ever existed. Oh, look, he, in fact, did walk. (laughs) Due to Silver Fox's orders, the toes of his shoes are torn and bloody from walking for so long. A military vehicle drives up behind him and is apprehended by military police for questioning about the death of General Munson. Stryker murdered the general earlier in the film in order to protect his vendetta against mutants. Depending on which theater the movie was shown in, one of two possible endings then appeared appears following the credits. In the first ending, Weapon 11's hand reaches out from the rubble of the nuclear complex to touch his severed head. Deadpool's mouth is now open and he says shh to the audience. Okay. <laughs> the second alternate ending shows Logan drinking at a bar in Japan. The bartender asks if he is drinking to forget. Logan replies that he's drinking to remember. I did not stay for these end credits scenes, so I don't know which one I got. I didn't know there was one at the time. I, if you're going to make multiple end credit scenes like that, wouldn't you at least make them good? Like, hey, which ending did you get? I got the one where they gave me a shit sandwich. Which one did you get? I got the one where they gave me an earwax lollipop. Oh, great. Which one of those would you rather eat? Neither. Uh, so how did this movie affect the future? Hmm. <laughs> well. I don't want well, it, it, it's interesting because it did do something, which was tank all future X-Men Origins movies that they were making. Because this was supposed to be a series. It was supposed to be a series of X-Men Origins movies. The next one was going to be an, an X-Men Origins Magneto movie. And then they were like, actually, let's never do this again. <laughs> I don't know why they couldn't have used that as a let's never do any of this again and make it exactly the opposite and fire David Benioff. <laughs> Make him go write Game of Thrones or something. Uh, MVPs. I'm going to read what Bailey sent me. Bailey sent me a few MVPs that were pretty good. Hold on. The MVP is Disney Plus for not putting the movie on Disney Plus. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's the correct one. Uh, That was smart. The MVP is me for paying $4 to watch a horrible movie for the sake of the podcast. Yeah. We're all the MVP. Uh, Robbie, what about you? I don't know. Ryan Reynolds in the first third of the movie. I don't know. That's the closest I can think of. Everything is bad. Like, Leif Schreiber's a great actor. He's bad in this movie. Like, I just... It's bad. What about you, Peach? Um, yeah. I There have been other times on this podcast that I have been stuck trying to come up with an MVP because there are too many good people. And this might take the cake for, like, the hardest I've ever had decision-wise to come up with any good people in the movie. So 
I decided that it was the nice old couple that takes this strange naked man in uh, and try to feed him before getting brutally shot by a guy that shouldn't be good at marksmanship. I totally forgot about the long sequence. We just kind of glossed over the long sequence of naked man running around. (laughs) What about you, Eduardo? I went first. You did? Oh, you're just stealing Bailey's? Yeah, I just stole Bailey's. I'm not going to actually. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to add your own. All right, fine. We'll rate it. Okay. All right. My rating is going to be uh, 3.5 disappearing red shirts out of 10. What about you, Peach? I I, gotta, I, I gave it more points than it should have gotten, honestly. Because, <laughs> listen, I as we've talked about it, it's just gotten worse. It's one of those where I'm like, maybe I should revise this. I'm knocking down half a point. Four infinite ladders out of 10. God, y'all love this movie. Which I is am, still infinite ladders. I am giving it two cartoon claws out of 10. Claws. Yeah. rankings peach where do you rank this oh god uh so here's here's the deal is i remembered hating this movie i didn't remember how much i i didn't remember what i felt about x3 right we already discussed this in the last episode so x3 i came back to and was just shocked by how bad it was this i came back to and I knew for the most part what I was getting into. And despite how like there is no continuity, despite how most of the mutants do not have the correct abilities, despite all those fuck-ups and stuff, there are parts of this movie that kind of have that so bad it's entertaining factor to them. So I think this is a better rewatch than X3. I don't think by that much, but I think despite all of these flaws, it at least has moments where you laugh because of how bad of a time you're having. So I so I think the bottom is Origins and then X3, and I still think X2 is, that's not going to change. X2 and the next one are the, the top two, but I, I don't know. I Maybe you disagree. I, it's They're both bad, but I think this one at least is laughably bad. I agree this one is laughably bad. I do not agree that that's enough to... And I know that you and I are both really splitting hairs and you're just picking one ha- one half of the hair and I'm picking the other one. <laughs> but that's what we do on this podcast. So I agree it's laughably bad. But I don't think it's laughably bad makes up for... X3 has a couple redeemable things like Kelsey Grammer and... Um, Maybe are, action sequences are quite as bad. We already agreed that Kelsey Grammer was the only redeemable thing. Well, we had an easier time with the MVP of that movie than we did with this one. Well, okay. Again, I'm yeah. splitting hairs. I think that they are both awful rewatches, but I had a moderately less miserable time watching X3 than this. The one thing I think I agree with you on is I think X3 is more disappointing than this is. X3 had more potential to be good than this. Um, and maybe I'm just really bitter about what they did with the characters in this one which I can also say about X3, but I think I'm more bitter about this one. So anyway, splitting hairs, this is the worst X-Men movie that we've watched, and I have a feeling... So this is interesting. Will this remain the worst? And I think it will. I've seen everything else except for Logan, which I know I will like. And you said you hadn't seen The Wolverine. And The Wolverine, which I'll bet I like more than this. I haven't seen that or Dark Phoenix or Apocalypse. Oh, you know what? Apocalypse. I have not seen, I have not seen Dark Phoenix. I haven't seen three of them. I have not seen Dark Phoenix. Apocalypse is bad, but I don't think it's this bad. Yeah, I agree. We'll, we will revisit that. So I think this is the worst that we've watched, and I think it will. there's a good chance it remains the worst. 
Eduardo. I think where I stand is I really didn't like this movie. I did not have a good time watching it, but there were a few things that got me to chuckle because of how stupid they were. <laughs> yes. That being said, X-Men The Last Stand, in my opinion, is offensively bad. Mm-hmm. I feel bad watching that movie. I think if you were a prisoner of war and were made to watch that movie, it would be a war crime. <laughs> I think that is how bad that movie is. It is not, it doesn't have, to me, a single redeeming quality. And I think I feel the only person that I feel any bit of good to is Kelsey Grammer. And I still feel bad because he was forced to be a part of that movie. So I have X Men Origins a hair above The Last Stand, but that is only because The Last Stand, to me, would be better if it was sent into the sun and never talked about ever again. So let's talk about our recommendations. <laughs> let's talk about one th- some things that we actually like. Yes, please. Recommendation jingle. Yeah. You can go first. I think you're going to recommend the same thing that I'm going to recommend. I had a so. backup in case you did. Well, I mean, so. we're, we can talk about it because I think we're both going to But recommend. I want to tell you what I've been doing. So, <laughs> all right, we're going to do this on the podcast. Yeah, right. I'm going to tell you what I've been. I'll show you my search history. <laughs> oh God! Um, well, obviously, so many obviously to us, maybe not everybody, we are going to joint recommend the Last of Us TV show. I'm going to throw in also recommending the game. So, what you did, Eduardo, three weeks ago, a month ago, I don't remember when it was. You downloaded the PS5 remake of it, which, yeah. by the way. Holy shit, that game is beautiful. Incredible. I didn't realize because it had been so long since I played the original because I bought it a couple days ago. Spoiler. Bought it a couple days ago. But before that, I was about ready to text you, like, tell me the differences between these again. But on the PlayStation Store page, they have a little video that you can watch. This this is what we did. Here's And they show the game side by side. And uh, that is immediately what sold me. I was like, oh, my God, that looks amazing. They're talking about how they remade it because they wanted it to look like it was actually right before part two. Mm-hmm. They wanted to look like those two games are one big, which they are, but they wanted to make it look more like it was one big story, and they wanted The Last of Us Part One to now, with the PS5 capabilities, feel like it was basically the exact same game. Yeah. And so, okay, cool. I'm going to buy that. And what I decided to do, and I'll stay away from spoilers, but what I decided to do was... I'm going to play the game up until whatever just happened in the latest episode, and then I'm going to stop. So I just caught up today. Uh, I did the thing. Uh, I I got past the storyline where they got in the show, and I'm waiting for us to watch tonight's episode, and then you know, sometime through the week I'll play whatever happens, and I'll I'll cut myself off. Um, But it's been a lot of fun. I I love how I love how the show takes things from the game like one-to-one there are some scenes that are exactly the same even sometimes inflection i've seen so many tiktoks where they play both of them at the same time and it's so cool to see something that true to character and then they've done other things that are pretty different and i gotta say episode three a one of the best episodes of television you just will watch in general and b now that i have recently watched that and played the game I will say I think they I think they made a better story in the show. I I I like I like that character in the game and I like the interactions you have with them. Specifically 
the two characters that you interact with in that episode of the show, I think it is, man, I'm trying to be general about this so that I don't give anything away, but there's a character that's just very gruff, very hard to get get along with. And in the show, that character meets somebody and it's kind of like a little love story. And in the game, you only kind of meet the second uh, person in that pair and they don't, they like have some shitty dialogue through a note between each other. Like I actually hated you this whole time and it's, it doesn't feel the same. It's cool in a show. This show is very sad, right? It's about like the people that are left over after a, a basically a zombie virus wipes most of the planet out. Uh, and that is very, very paraphrasing, but it's cool that sometimes even in these really sad moments that good things can happen. And so I like episode three of the show better because it shows that like, it shows that like good things can happen even when the world is ending. For sure. And you don't get that same feeling from the way those scenes play out in the game. But anyway, I, I definitely recommend both of those things, the game and the show. I will say as someone who doesn't watch and doesn't play, my feeling just from being a tertiary observer, if you will, is agreeing with you that it is, it seems to be a, a better crafted show. Yeah. And that's not an insult of the game's storyline. Um, that is just saying that the show seems to be taking liberties that make it even better. Yeah. Well, and the showrunner, uh, one of the showrunners is the guy who wrote the game. Right. He's, the, he's, he's the game mm-hmm. director, Neil Druckmann. And so... He obviously is very careful with his product, but he's talked. I've seen, you know, some of the behind the scenes stuff where he talks about, you know, what's the point of doing this if we're not going to change some stuff? Yeah. We're not going to make some some little additions. If we were just going to do a one to one copy of the game, just make you play the game, just play the game, yeah. right? And so it is interesting what they're able to do with this medium because the medium is very different, and the way that you interact with characters is very different. I'm excited to talk to you about this afterwards because I have a lot of feelings about the last episode and the way that they did certain things and why they did certain things, and I'm interested to talk to you about that. But yeah, I can't recommend The Last of Us TV show enough. Uh, I think the writing is very good, but I think what stands head and shoulders above anything else are the performances. I think Nick Offerman in this most recent episode showed a range that I did not know he was capable of. It was incredible. Uh, I'm not sure who the gentleman that plays the the guy uh, uh, opposite him. Frank. What is his name? Murray Bartlett. Murray Bartlett. He was in The White Lotus. He was in The White Lotus, right? Incredible. So good. And then obviously you have Bella Ramsey and Pedro Pascal playing uh, Joel and Ellie. And both of them are like killing it they're doing such oh, yeah. an incredible incredible job they're and great. so the acting is really i'm not gonna say it's carrying the show because the show was incredibly finely crafted yeah, everything's carrying the right show. right but it <laughs> is top notch it is yeah. incredible so if you like that kind of stuff if you are into a little bit if you enjoy a little bit um it's definitely a little bit more serious, a little bit on the tragic side. You've got to be in the right headspace for it. You know, it's not a, it's not like a, an always a happy show. So if you're not okay with that, if you're not in a good place, oh, yeah. maybe don't watch that. But <laughs> three out of three of them so far, you're done with the episode and you're crying. Like right, yeah. So maybe you know, take that into account. I, I don't want to trigger the resident lawyer in the room, but as I was playing the game earlier, um, again beautiful remake and are you gonna talk about the part where they confuse what a copyright and a trademark is 
I don't think I've heard. Is that a line of dialogue in the? Yeah, in the game. Oh uh, no, I don't think I'm I've just making that far. stuff up to annoy Bailey. Oh god. Okay. <laughs> well, I I had a similar thought. It's not necessarily trademark or copyright, but it's and I and I I'm sure I understand the answer to this because it just has to do with time and things like falling out of being protected. But like, you look at this game and the amount of detail that they put into this post-apocalyptic world is really cool because you go in and out of all these houses. And, like, um, you see the way that they were left in their abandoned state. There's, like, clothes all over the floor. And there's, like, dishes in the sink. And details of people's houses are, like, I I walked into this house before I quit playing today. And they had a Chugi poster on the wall. They had, like, a Live, Laugh, Love poster on the wall. And I was, like, oh, wow, what a funny detail. Because you definitely would go into someone's house that had, like, all of their thing, cookie jar, labeled cookie jar, like all that kind of stuff. And there was a point, I'm, I'm getting to the thing, I w- the point I was trying to make, where you go into this person's garage, they have a bookshelf full of board games. And most of the board games are made up. But then next to those board games is checkers. And then next to that is chess. And in my head, I'm like, it's, it's, not, it's not odd, because I understand it. But it is odd at the same time that you can make this like hyper realistic world where two games that definitively exist in the real world are on their board game shelf and then they had to make up all the rest of them because they couldn't use things that actually exist in real life in 2013. They couldn't put Catan on the shelf. They couldn't put Monopoly on the shelf, but they could put chess and checkers, you know? Like, I don't know how to, like, checkers and chess is, like, generic. It's not like a, hmm. it's not the brand checkers. It's just the, the Well, it's, no, yeah. but there is the brand checkers. Okay. And it's you interesting. Gotta eat. It, the <laughs> game mechanics, like, are not protectable copyright material. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, there's other stuff like that, too. Like, I, I can't, I can't tell you anything specific because i don't have it i don't got it memorized but like they go in there's a point where you can go into like an album store and there's tons of different albums and you know most of them are made up they've got movie posters on walls most of them are made up but i'm sure within all of that there might be one or two that are real things maybe they got those licensed maybe yeah maybe they did there's also like Like you don't do what like a fun little easter yeah sure also licenses they don't last forever they're not like that that was where I landed. Yeah. Was that it was just like a time thing. That's yeah. why I thought checkers and chess were like, nah, man, those have Did, been out since twelve hundred. Is it public domain? <laughs> is that the name? Yeah. It became public domain, but like the way that Disney has Winnie the Pooh, you can't do, but you can use like the generic version. Yeah. The what? Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I think. Sure. Yeah. But it's just cool, like the details like that in the game, regardless. Super cool, super good. Yeah. the the chuggy The chuggy poster was what really got me. It was like something about living, laughing, loving harder or something. I, I can't wait for like in fifteen years where the stuff in the the um, all the different houses will be those mugs that just have like a word on them. <laughs> yes, that's what I was like, saying. Love cookie jar. <laughs> you know, it's Ray Dunn. Ray Dunn. Yeah. Ray Dunn with the weird like almost papyrus looking font yeah. that labels all of the toothbrush holder. <laughs> <laughs> and they sent her a cease and desist 
I can put penis on whatever household object I want. Hell yeah, you live alone now. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean my penis. <laughs> I meant the word penis. <laughs> I guess both of those He's things like, are technically When I'm true. home, I can put my penis on my cookie jar yeah. if I want to. Yeah, I can, and I probably will now. Hell yeah. Hey, Robbie, do you have a recommendation? <laughs> I do, but it's less interesting. Um, then a- which thing? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Kind of a two-part recommendation, specifically for this weekend. Um, if you are not a football fan but going to a Super Bowl party, I have two recommendations for you. The first one is do not be I only watch for the commercials guy. It is totally fine if you don't care about football and you care about the commercials. Repeatedly reminding your football-loving friends that you do not like the thing that they like is obnoxious and serves no purpose whatsoever. We get it. You like the commercials. Totally fine. You can tell us once and move on with your life. Second, <laughs> if you do want something to engage yourself in the game, uh, something I learned a long time ago. Engage. Um, yeah. Something I learned a long time ago. I really can't remember where from. I want to say it was a blog or something, but a good way to like get yourself into football, at least to a degree, to have something interesting to watch between the commercials is don't try and watch the entire game. Don't try and watch every player, all 22 players. Don't pick a position you find interesting and watch what that position is doing during the game. Um, you know, watch the quarterback's footwork, watch linemen, watch a receiver, a tight end in the modern what NFL. If, what if they pick like the center? And then just <laughs> no, like, oh, man, I really want to watch this guy snap the ball. But the I, d- I think that the center is actually interesting. The, the center gives direction to the entire offensive line, um, has some very com- complicated blocking schemes they have to perform. Just watching the center might not be the position for you. But the center is actually doing a lot on the field if that's what you want to watch. Um, so I, I I know that you're being funny. And to me, it's probably one of the most boring. But they are still doing things you might find interesting. And you're probably going to be a little bit more engaged watching what that position is doing each play than trying to comprehend. Because even I, I, I watch a lot of football and I can't comprehend the entire play. So biting it off into like a one player, one position chunk on either side of the ball. Watch the linebackers. Watch the defensive ends. Um, I would say watch the defensive backs, but they're never in camera on, on TV. Um, picking a position and watching what they do, I you might actually find yourself being a little bit more interested because you're not getting overwhelmed by the totality of the game. You are just seeing one person or one position and how it changes from play to play. Um, in the modern NFL, especially with these teams, the tight end, if I could recommend one position, just watching the way they utilize tight ends, which is... Yeah, God. Then you got to figure out what the tight end is. But it's the dude who, uh, the dude who's close to the line but runs out as a receiver or plays as a blocker sometimes. Um, pick a position, watch that. Don't feel like you have to understand everything that's going on. But in unless you're super engaged in conversation between the the commercials, if you want something to watch, I think that's fantastic advice. Um, pick a part of the game instead of the whole game and watch that. Who are you rooting for? Oh God, go Chiefs. Not the Eagles. Oh God, Robbie is. Oh God, not. Do you not know how the Eagles and the Cowboys feel about each other? Oh, I do. You look at the smile on my face. <laughs> I, will I know say, what though, I'm doing right now. I will say though, when it came to Eagles versus 49ers, I did want the Eagles to win. It hurt. I hated every part of that game and would have preferred a meteor. But <laughs> uh, the Eagles beating the 49ers meteor. was okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely the Chiefs. I will be a 
fairly hardcore Chiefs fan. Listen, on we're going to lose a patron if you keep uh, talking shit on the Eagles. I'm not talking shit on the Eagles. They just obje- objectively suck. Objectively? They're in the Super Bowl. No, no, no. I'm not talking about like how they are at playing football, although they have a historically easy route to the Super Bowl, so that's part of it. But I'm talking... Do they? Yes. Who's their division? Or conference? I, I always mix the two up. The They're in the NFC. They played like a couple teams with winning records, and most of those teams with winning records were actually bad, just very lucky. Uh, um, and then they kept playing team. They played uh, the when they played the 49ers, the 49ers were on their fourth string quarterback. Oh, wait, are they in the Cowboys yeah. division? Yeah, the it's, Cowboys also had an easy season. It's Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, Giants and Commanders. Okay. Mm-hmm. What a um, weird all over the place. Well, it's. Yeah. The reason the Cowboys are there is because of rivalries. Um, so they're not America's gonna, they're team. Not, it's more important to keep major games, like major teams playing each other than it is to actually be geographically correct. Ah, but, is that why the Patriots played the Jets twice a year? Well, the Patriot, the Jets are probably the next closest team to the Patriots. New York and and Foxborough. Oh, I was no no no. I was thinking of like popular team and not that popular team. Is That's that why? Oh no 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 no. As in like like the Cowboys are the um the highest grossing team in professional sports. Sometimes they're behind the Yankees. Um, the Eagles are up there. The Giants are up there. The Commanders are up there. Like those games. Oh, every okay. year, the games between the NFC. East A lot of the other the ones are about games. proximity, and that division is yeah. about popularity. Is that the, why they always have two teams? Because it's New York, New York. Yes, <laughs> but they play in New Jersey. One of them represents the state, right. and the other yeah, represents the city. Yeah, you just made our Buffalo patrons, which we have, very mad. Um, oh, I forgot the Bills mafia. mafia. Yes, yes oh, the Bills mafia. Yeah, be careful. The they have a whole mafia. We would have loved for y'all to win. I'm gonna get bludgeoned with buffalo sauce. Oh, say that again, but slower. <laughs> um, but no, when I say the Eagles suck, I don't mean. This Eagles team sucks because they might be the best team in the NFL. No, he means um, the Royal. The Eagles I mean, suck. No, he means that the bird, the Eagle, uh, <laughs> does a very strange vacuuming suction. With I its mean, beak. Philadelphia sports fans suck, and that is objectively accurate. Mm. So the Cowboys. Fans I have watched lots of Sixers games where they boo their own team. And yes, I think that is, <laughs> yes. it is accurate. Philadelphia <laughs> fans kind of. Philadelphia suck. fans are more interested in negativity than positivity with sports. Is the best yeah. way I can describe it. They care more about the teams they hate than their own team. They care more about the things that make them angry than the things that make them happy. It's really, really toxic. Cowboys fans are not better, for the record. <laughs> Cowboys fans are also awful. Hmm. Magic fans are better. There are dozens of us. <laughs> there are tens of us. <laughs> the Magic had the best uh, attendance by percentage for like years, like like around 2009. Yeah. And then they got yeah. bad for a decade. Which is wild, but... <laughs> they were not good for a little while. They'll get back there. We're on our way. We're on, we're on the come up. That's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required at MCU Retrospective. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so over at patreon.com slash assembly required. Join our patron exclusive Discord. Come chat with us about football or The Last of Us, where we, we do have a Last of Us um, Discord uh, section where we're talking about that. Thank you to our Avengers level patrons, Brian, Riley, Adrian, and Michael. If you want to email the show, you can assembly requiredcast at gmail.com. Follow the show at assemblycast. On Twitter, I am at ABCDEduardo1. Robbie is at PhilKid3. And on Twitch, Peaches is at twitch.tv slash P-E-A-C-H-3-Z. That's going to do it for myself, for Peaches, for Robbie, 
and sort of for Bailey. We love you, 3000. Bye, everybody. Yeah, Hydra. Bobbly, bobbly. you push the envelope it'll still be stationary what is that it's a joke book no pun intended volume two by will livingston <sighs> let's keep going what did the confederate soldiers use to eat off of civilware uh -huh. what did they use to drink with cups dixie cups <sighs> I walked into my sister's room and tripped on a bra. It was a booby trap. Yeah. A book just fell on my head. I only have myself to blame. Are we, I said it wrong. Hold on, let me read it again. A book just fell on my head. I only have my shelf to blame. <laughs> Ruined it. What is the leading cause of divorce in long-term marriages? <sighs> A stalemate. That's awful. You're awful. Do you even understand what that means? Nope. Doesn't matter. All right, I'm done. For now. <laughs>